Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. This season we're doing things a little bit differently. All the episodes in this season are positive birth stories. When you're pregnant, it's so important to surround yourself with positive representations of birth. So I thought it would be nice to record a whole season of positive birth stories for pregnant people to listen to. So enjoy, relax, and I hope you like them. Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. I'm very excited to be speaking to Lottie today about her positive birth. Hi, Lottie. Hello, are you okay? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, I'm Lottie. I'm 36 next week, actually. Um, I'm currently, well, I had my baby nine months ago. I live in Plymouth with her and my husband, Chris. Um, down in Plymouth in sunny Devon so although it's not too sunny at the moment but yeah I'm naughty. Oh that must be nice for um, having babies down by the coast going for like. It has been nice especially during lockdown and being able to go for walks along you know at the beach and we've got Dartmoor on our doorstep so we're really lucky in that respect so yeah try and put it on a turn it onto a positive it's been quite nice really so yeah Yeah. so that's really just the three of us um and I'm a hypnobirthing instructor with the Little Birth Company, which I started just after having Elsie. She was born in July. Um, so I did my course with the Little Birth Company in September. Mm-hmm. I started my business in January, which is called Little Robin's Hypnobirthing. Um, so yeah, just finding my feet with that, really. Yeah. Oh, exciting. I can't wait to hear about her birth. Um I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Do you want to tell me a little bit, or or not a little bit, a lot about your your birth? Yeah, so Elsie was, we knew we were having a girl. She's our first baby, um, and she was due on the 16th of July, um, 2020. So it was all the unknown for me, really. My pregnancy had been going really well, but it was just the unknown, really, as to what birth was going to be like. And you hear of all these twinges that you're going to feel and I didn't really know at certain points whether I was in labour or not so a few weeks before she was due I remember having some twinges overnight and I was absolutely convinced I was in labour I was having sort of regular it felt like regular contractions overnight and I said to Chris my husband I said this is it like I'm going to go into labour I'm really excited because I was really excited Mm. Um, I'd done a hypnobirthing course with another instructor from little birth company in the may or was it march i can't remember sometime before having elsie and um my whole mindset about birth was so positive and so i i was really excited to start feeling these sensations and then the following morning it had all stopped and i was really disappointed i was like oh no like baby's not coming today (laughs) so that was that um and I had a few midwife appointments and I in hindsight I wish I hadn't but I ended up having a sweep um, and was told at that point that I was already a couple of centimeters dilated and I was again really excited and really hopeful and I remember going for a walk on Dartmoor I remember getting an ice cream and I was having like I felt some sort of not pain but some feelings down below and I thought this is it I'm going to go into labour again and it was this whole cycle of excitement and then disappointment again so I ended up 
I didn't bother with any more sweeps after that. And I thought, I'm just going to let my body do what it needs to do. So she was due on the Thursday, the 16th. And then on the Tuesday of that week, I remember going to visit a friend who lives in Dubai normally, but she was home for the summer at her parents' house. And so we went and sat in her garden. It was a beautiful sunny day. And we were sat in her garden eating, I think like a little afternoon tea that her mum had done for us, which was really lovely. And I just remember feeling so relaxed, so happy and we having a good laugh. And about five o'clock that day, whilst I was still at her house, I started to feel like almost like period pain. And I thought, hmm. And I, cause I'd been so excited and then a little bit disappointed previously. I just kind of, I just tried to forget about it. Um, and anyway, it turns out I was, was then starting labor because that was the start of a very long journey then to meeting my baby. So that was at 5 PM on the Tuesday. And I went home to Chris and I said, oh, I'm having a few little twinges. And we kind of just went from there. And I tried to have a little bit of a kip because I thought if this is it, like I need to rest. And we were planning a home birth. So going back a little bit, um, I did my hypnobirthing course with Sarah, who's, um, like I said, a, a, another LBC instructor. And prior to that, I was convinced I was going to help give birth in hospital. I thought there's nowhere on earth I'd ever want a home birth. I want to be surrounded by all the medication I want the help of the doctors etc etc but doing the hypnobirthing course completely changed my mindset hence why I'm now an instructor myself because I just think everyone needs to know about it yeah <laughs> um, so I we then decided to go for home birth and obviously Covid was going on as well and I think that also played a little bit of a an influence into our decision but so we were really excited. We had the birthing pool, we'd bought all the twinkly lights and I'd got all my little birth affirmations on pegs in like around where I was gonna be given birth. Um, everything was set up and I'm, you'd ask any of my friends or family, I'm quite an organized person. So everything was like ready, but it was kind of like, at what point do we get the birthing pool out? And at what point do we do this? What if it isn't actually labor starting? And so we had this big kerfuffle um, anyway things were I realized I was definitely in labor so my contractions were quite regular by this point about probably 11 o'clock at night I remember phoning through to the midwife at the hospital and saying I think I'm in labor and she said tell me what's happening and I told her and she said yeah I'll come and have a look I'll come and assess you and we'd already got the pool up and my friend had lent me a TENS machine which I hadn't used before obviously and they said just try and get that on now because it's it's more effective the earlier on you use it so we fiddled around with that for a minute got that going which was really really helpful I, I really I loved my TENS machine and I had it on for a long time so that was really helping with the management of the um, contractions so yeah the midwife came out assessed me I had a, an examination and I was I think I was three centimeters and I think their procedure is that they'll stay at the house ready for the birth when you're four centimeters so this lovely midwife amanda said to me yep you're, you're obviously in labor i won't be staying i'll be going back to the hospital just keep doing what you're doing try and get some sleep um try and keep refreshed you know because you're gonna have your baby if i'm on till eight o'clock in the morning this is on the tuesday night I'm on to eight in the morning. I expect I'll be back before the end of my shift and you'll have your baby by the morning. So I was like, yeah, hey, happy days. I'm going to have my baby. No, 
<laughs> did not happen. So um, I carried on having contractions. They were quite, they were very regular. Um, and I was trying my hardest to sleep and it just wasn't happening. So just tried to rest. Um, I'm just trying to think now. So then going into Wednesday morning, I was still having contractions, still at home, still no midwife here. It was quite nice, actually. We just bimbled around. Although I do laugh, actually, because for some reason I'd chosen to have a Tesco delivery that day. I'd chosen to have, or not, hadn't chosen, but I had other various deliveries coming that day. And it just seemed that everyone was turning up at the doorstep <laughs> delivering stuff, which was quite inconvenient. But hey, one of those things. Um, so then it got to about 3 p.m. on the Wednesday and I said to Chris, I said, this is becoming quite difficult now. Um, and I think I was just tired. I'd been in, I'd been having these contractions almost for 24 hours and I was hypnobirthing. I was using the MP3s, which were really, really helpful. I was using, I'd made a lovely little playlist. I'd made two playlists. I'd made a really happy, upbeat one and a lovely, calm one. So I was on the upbeat one most of the time. Um, and I remember vividly at around three o'clock-ish, for some reason, I found it really comfortable to be at the bottom of our stairs in the hallway. And I was leaning over the stairs and I remember being there for ages and ages and ages. I had my phone with the MP3s right next to my ear. And I was just there, I was so comfortable. Um, and I said to Chris, I think you ought to ring the midwife because I think things are progressing now. So he phoned the hospital and they came up and. So in my birth plan, I'd said that I didn't want any student midwives because I just wanted to have as few people as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but on the phone, they asked if they'd be if I'd be happy for them to send a, a student midwife with a really experienced midwife. And for some reason, I said, yeah, that's absolutely fine, because I thought, actually, everyone needs to learn. We, we've all been there. We've all, for example, learned to drive like yeah. we all have to learn somewhere. So I thought, actually, it's probably quite a good experience for a student midwife to come to a home birth. Yeah. and actually she turned out to be such a lovely girl and I built a really good rapport with her anyway they then turned up um, and they were lovely and again I had an examination and I was still three centimeters so I was really I mean we talk about in hypnobirth and we talk about you know the pros and cons of having a, an examination and I don't know whether I would have changed that or not but anyway I, I had it and I was still three centimeters. So they said again, we can't stay. We, we need to wait until you're a little bit more established. So I was left again. And again, she said, I'm on till eight o'clock tonight. I very much expect that we'll be back again before the end of my shift. Again, that was so wrong because I didn't see them again. <laughs> so fast forward to 9 p.m. now and I was finding things quite tough and challenging and I think I think that's when my hypnobirthing really came into its own because I was able to use all the techniques that I'd, I'd learned and I still remained quite calm even though things were beginning to get a little bit more uncomfortable for me um, and I had the birthing pool there and I was desperate to get in it but I was told really that ideally you need to get in it once a midwife was there um, so I tried to have a bath which was was a bit eventful really I, I just didn't enjoy that and I was so hooked on my TENS machine I didn't really want to take it off so I was te terrified of that so anyway tried to have a bath got out it wasn't really for me 
I was just desperate to get into the birthing pool. 9 p.m., we phoned the hospital again to say, I think things are progressing by this point. Um, and, and I also felt like I needed some gas and air or something just to help me out a little bit. So Amanda came out, the first midwife who'd been the night before, she then came out again, almost 24 hours later and said, hello again. <laughs> she said, I would fully expected to have seen you yesterday and I thought you would have had your baby by now. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> but obviously I haven't. Um, so she examined me again and she said yippee you're four centimeters I was like wow a whole centimeter more <laughs> but obviously it was great news because she could now stay and it was very much like right all systems go you're going to have this baby tonight and I remember feeling so relieved that she was there and because because it was also un unknown for us we didn't really know what was how it was going to be what when we should have been phoning the midwife and yeah. you kind of get left to your own devices at home and I just thought should we be all the time I was thinking should I be ringing them now or should I just be going with the flow what if the baby comes in a minute or it was all and that probably didn't help actually with my mindset but and I think I should have probably just listened to my body and but anyway it is what it is so where are we 11 p.m on the Wednesday night yeah, so Amanda now stayed and I started with the gas and air, which was always something I was consider I considered and I'm glad I did because it helped out massively. Mm. Um, so yeah, we just carried on really. The midwife was absolutely brilliant. She just sat herself in the corner of the room. It was all lovely, dimly lit and we had a bit of, I think we had a bit of stuff on the telly. Like I think we watched the in-betweeners just for a bit of a giggle because we both like that. Um, I even remember FaceTiming my brother-in-law with Chris and um, that was lovely just having a giggle with family and anyway so I was still having regular contractions still using the gas and air um, and then Amanda examined me again and I was still four centimeters this was now at like one in the morning so it was decided with my agreement obviously that my waters would be broken just to see if it would help things <laughs> which I was more than happy with because by this point I'd been laboring for oh, I don't know I've lost track of time over 24 hours and I was knackered yeah. <laughs> so um she broke my waters and things then for me felt like it was becoming a lot more intense and I I remember thinking this is it like it the baby's coming I could feel like this sensation down below and I was convinced that I was about to have the baby. And I think the midwife was as well, because she said, I think you can get in the pool now. Like, I think you're ready. Um, so I remember taking off the TENS machine a bit apprehensively, because like I said, I really loved having that TENS machine on. It was really good. Um, and I got into the pool and it was like bliss. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to meet my baby any minute. Um, and then Amanda, which was a bit annoying, I think after a few hours, it all gets a bit hazy at this point, but after a few hours, Amanda then examined me again. And this was the worst part for me. She examined me and she said, you're now three centimetres. I said, I was four centimetres earlier. How come I've gone down? I didn't think you could do that. And she said, yeah, you've gone down. I'm really sorry. Um, and she explained that when you've got your waters intact, 
it can help to bulge out your cervix. So when they're broken, um, it can obviously, so I was devastated. And she also said, and this is kind of a turning point for me. She also said that the baby's head or the baby was coming down at a, a strange angle, coming down sideways. And I think for that, for me then, that was a point where I thought, I'm not happy with this. I don't feel very comfortable anymore. Because mm. um, I was convinced about half an hour before that, that the baby was about to come. So that was that. Um, and I went back into the pool and she said, just see how you get on. Like, we'll see how things go. Let your body do what it needs to do. And I remember changing positions. I was leaning over the pool on my front with the gas and air. And, and she was saying all the right things. Like she said, you know, when the baby, like, this is how convinced you were. She said, when the baby comes out, um, make sure you keep your bottom under the water so that the baby doesn't take its first breath and then go back under. So I was adamant that the baby was about to come, but obviously she didn't. So... I was in quite a lot of discomfort by this point. And um, I remember almost in my own head, I remember thinking, I cannot, I can't cope with this anymore. I need to go into hospital. And Chris and I had, had spoken at length about this scenario, because obviously in the throes of labor, I knew that I would potentially say things that I didn't actually mean. And we'd both gone through my birth plan together and he knew exactly what I wanted and what I didn't want. So when I said to him, I verbalized and said, I need to go into hospital, I need an epidural, or I need, I remember saying, I need a cesarean. <laughs> and Chris said, you don't need a cesarean, you're doing really well, you're, you're birthing lovely, just keep calm. He was doing all the right things. Mm. Um, and I said, no, I've really thought this through and I need to, I need some more help with this because I'm not feeling very comfortable at all. Um, so this is where it got interesting because we'd made that decision we were going to go into hospital and we literally live a two minute drive from our hospital here so we're not far at all so the midwife contacted the hospital and said we're going to be coming in um and because we were now under the care of the midwife they had to send an ambulance we couldn't just drive down ourselves which seemed a bit bizarre but anyway that was what it was however Amanda had bought four canisters of the gas and air Entinox and I was on my fourth canister fourth and final canister and unhelpfully she said oh we've probably only got about 10 minutes left on this it's like what 10 minutes left on this gas and air and we don't and so she'd phoned the ambulance and they didn't have an ETA to come and take me to the hospital I remember thinking oh my god like what if I run out and that for me I mean, like I said, this was a big turning point and my mindset started to go a bit, <clears throat> had that little bit of like, I think adrenaline must have been kicking in because I, all this worry came in. What if the gas and air runs out? What am I going to do? I wouldn't have coped. So I was like, I became a bit of a diva actually. And I said, you need to get some, uh, another canister up here now, like literally. So she was frantically trying to ring to ask a porter to come up and bring an Entinox canister up and they couldn't do that for some reason. We didn't know how long the ambulance was going to be and Chris in the end, my hero said, do you know what, I'm just going to take her down. I know that's against your protocol, but I'm going to take her to hospital. Like this is ridiculous, we're two minutes away. She can't carry on like this, we're going to go. And she kind of agreed, but didn't agree, but she had no choice in the matter because Chris was <laughs> getting me dressed, getting all my bits together and off we went. And thank God he did because within seconds of getting into the delivery room, my gas and air ran out. 
I remember taking that last breath and it ran out. I was like, give me some more. <laughs> and the <this laughs> angel from somewhere just reappeared with this other um, tube for me to start sucking on. So anyway, I was now in hospital. Um, and this would have been at about three o'clock in the morning now on the Thursday. So off we went. Um, I was now in the delivery room and I was in quite a lot of discomfort by this point. And I decided that I was happy to have an, um, an epidural. I'd made the, all those decisions and in my own head and had the discussion with Chris. And I said, I need, I need some help because I'm struggling a little bit now. And again, I think this is where hypnobirthing came into its own again, because I was, I'd gone through all of that, um, those difficulties really. Mm. And I thought, right now I need to just kind of take another sort of recheck and reset. <laughs> I'm in hospital, yeah. I can't change that now. I've chosen to be here and I was fine with that. I was absolutely fine with that. Um, and obviously you're suddenly surrounded by machines and people walking in and out. And obviously with COVID, everyone's masked up and you don't recognize anyone. And, but I managed to stay relative, well, I did stay calm actually. Um, and although I didn't listen to any of my MP3s, I was doing my breathing and I was really focusing on trying to get my oxytocin flowing again. So the room was nicely dimly lit and it was quite nice actually. Um, and then, so the anaesthetist came in and he explained the epidural procedure um, and he was a lovely, lovely chap. And I was like, yep, just do it. Like, I need it. I want it now. So he did that and, oh my God, it was just, I was a different person after that and so chilled and so relaxed. And they said to me, you've probably got quite a few hours or a few hours now just to try and catch up on some sleep because you've still got a long way to go. You've still got the pushing to do and... So try and get some rest. And I did, I got a, a few hours, I think. However, sort of in the distance, whilst I was having a bit of a doze, I could hear the midwives talking about the baby's heart rate. And I think by this point, the baby was now getting tired as well. Um, and they woke me up and said, basically, you're fine now, but the baby's not struggling, but we need to keep a close eye. So, um, again, I just thought, well, you know, do what you need to do. I'm here now and I'm happy that you're keeping an eye on the baby. And obviously it's very far, it's very different to a home birth, but I'm here and I was really content with being there. And I was happy that they were monitoring me and monitoring the baby. So they then decided that they'd need to put a monitor on the baby's head. I can't remember what it's called. Fetal. Fetal scalp. That's yep. it. <clears throat> And when they did that, they went, oh, gosh, you're 10 centimetres dilated. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> so I've gone really quickly from being three centimetres to fully dilated. I think it was only a few hours. So that was good. Um, but the baby was still coming down. I keep saying the baby. I forget that she's actually here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was still coming down. I think she was back to back. Um, so, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to think back. I sound a bit waffly. Um, so they put this electrode on her head and it was all okay. She was, she was okay. And then they said, right, you can start doing some pushing now. So I was trying to push without being able to feel anything. And it was the most bizarre feeling I've ever felt really. It was, I can't really describe it. Um, 
and to cut a long story short they they were saying you're doing really really well but you might need a bit of help so how would you feel if we went to theatre potentially for set delivery just to give you a hand and if that's if that doesn't if that's not successful then we may need to do a cesarean I was like yeah that's fine you know if it means the baby's going to be safe you do what you need to do and I was really happy with that so it was kind of all systems go then and I remember Chris going off to get his scrubs on whatever they're called they were taking my jewelry off me and all that and I just remember it's really bizarre I think I genuinely think if I hadn't done hypnobirth and at this point I would have been freaking out and I would have been really really worried and just scared about the whole thing but I just remember thinking this is how it is like I'm pretty I was really chilled out it's really weird to explain really but I I did felt I felt really calm so off we went down to theatre and I was almost having a bit of a giggle with the midwives about it all like just laughing because by this point Amanda had gone off duty and the other midwives I'd seen so her and the student midwife they were now on duty and they were laughing saying what you're still here you still haven't had your baby I was like yeah I know so now they were kind of in they were looking after me so that was really nice um so off we went and um yeah went into the theatre and suddenly you're surrounded by 15 odd people I mean I don't I didn't count them but it seemed like a lot of people there were neonatal consultants coming in there was every man and his dog in there and I again just think if I hadn't done hypnobirth and I would have freaked out but I didn't I was really calm and it was bizarre they said right we're going to try the forceps and off they went so that so I was having to push they were using the forceps and they said oh we can see the baby's head and I remember thinking can you like I can't even feel that I've got a baby's head coming out of there but obviously I have <laughs> it was really strange um and I'd said prior to when they were putting all the, the electrode things, heart monitor on me, I said, can you please make sure that I've got nothing on my chest? Cause I really, really want skin to skin. And so they accommodated that, which was great. Um, so yeah, they said the baby's head's coming out and randomly I said, oh, has the baby got any hair? That was my first question. <laughs> yes, the baby's got hair. What color is it? <laughs> I don't know why I asked these silly questions, but I did. Um, and then next thing the baby was passed to me and I it was just it was so surreal because I hadn't been able to feel the baby coming out and I think that's one thing I feel a little bit sad about looking back like I really wish I'd had that experience of feeling it which sounds a bit bizarre but I do miss that but again it is what it is and I chose to have all those options and I'm I'm pleased it all ended it out how it did so I didn't need a cesarean in the end which was great <clears throat> I just remember that moment so it was just so lovely and she was on me for a, a little while and um oh it was just lovely so then um that was it really she started to latch on really well quite quickly and yeah the rest was kind of a bit of a blur because I was absolutely knackered <laughs> I, I bet you were <laughs> I just remember thinking because this was now at 10 to 10 10 to 10 on the Thursday morning on her due date which was funny so it's gone from 5 p.m. on the Tuesday to 10 o'clock in the morning on the Thursday. So it had been a long, long time. I remember thinking like, God, yeah, I've got to look after this baby now. I'm not going to be able to catch up on any sleep, am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and that night I had to stay in the hospital and obviously Chris had to go home and I remember thinking I remember saying to him like you lucky so-and-so going home to have a full night's sleep like think of me in here (laughs) Uh, that was quite a hard night I struggled a little bit that night just because I was so exhausted and I almost forgot that I was meant to be looking after this new little bundle Mm. obviously I did look after her but it was just a bit of a crazy 24 hours after Mm. she was born but it was all good she came home and yeah the rest is history but so that's my birth story amazing Uh, I think it's amazing to hear you know when because we we all have like ideas and ideals of how we want birth to go but we all know that birth is unpredictable right and it that is when hypnobirthing comes into its own I think because being able to stay calm and to boost your hormones when you're having things like epidurals or pain relief and being able to make those informed decisions so that you do still feel really positive about your birth because if you weren't informed there's lots of people who probably had that experience and feel quite traumatized after it but you obviously feel very positive about your birth because you had those tools and techniques to help you definitely and I think like I mean I've spoken to other friends who've had quite a similar birth experience to me who didn't do hypnobirthing Mm. and I know that some of them couldn't even talk about their birth like because it was so traumatic for them and Mm. I just think that's really sad like it's really hard isn't it like we and obviously being in the birthing world like we are like we surround ourselves with positive positivity about birth Mm. because that's what we do is our job Mm. I it sounds such a cliche but I just want everyone to know that birth doesn't have to be traumatic doesn't have to be a negative thing that's why I decided to become an instructor myself because I thought I need to I want to do my bit to let people know that this is how it can be and actually looking back I'm glad my birth not even looking back I'm glad my birth went the way it did because I can I'm living proof really that yeah I can still work it doesn't have to be this idyllic perfect setting at home with all Mm -hmm. the twinkling lights and you know it can still be it can we talk about how the birth journey can change and it mine changed dramatically Mm. I still stayed calm and I still had a positive experience and that's why I do what I do now I really want people to know that yeah and it doesn't sound a cliche and I feel a bit silly saying it but that's why I do what I do yeah totally I think a lot of us have similar started off in similar similar ways mine mine was the same as well yeah um I think it's it's funny when you were talking about your birth and when you started when it became very apparent that things were stalling and they weren't progressing the first thing that came into my mind was is your baby back to back or is your baby is your baby in a like suboptimal position but Mm -hmm. I could tell quite early on in your birth story that that may that may have been an, an issue you know because you were in so much discomfort and because you weren't dilating and you weren't progressing and it's it's one thing that I, I re, I'm really passionate about when I teach my courses now is 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 making sure that um, you know couples understand if things are not progressing to try different positions and to you know to all of the <clears throat> 
understanding the biomechanics of of birth and and you know the how the position of baby in the pelvis can can affect the progression of labor because that can you know that that sometimes that is quite often a reason why labor doesn't progress or why it's so uncomfortable is it is because baby's coming down at like a funny funny angle or you know less than less than ideal position um yeah for me that was the point that I started to lose it a little bit because I remember I was consciously thinking you know I need to listen to my body I need to do what my body is telling me to do and Mm. um, my baby knows how to be born I I just need to go with it Mm. and they said the baby's coming down at a wonky or a funny angle excuse me I can't remember what how she worded it but that I suddenly I was visualizing the poor baby like in this really awkward position and I just don't think that helps at all Mm. I remember thinking how am I meant to get this baby out when the baby's not in the right position I, I don't know I kind of just didn't yeah. think of it yeah in a very good way and yeah I don't know whether the midwives knew that the baby was in that position before mm. they told me yeah and they were just hoping that she would turn before needing to tell me I don't know but yeah. the funny thing is despite all of this so I went to the theatre to have four steps because she was at this funny angle mm. literally apparently within 10 minutes of transferring me from the delivery room to the theater she turned herself anyway into the optimum position (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um she would have eventually she would have turned into the right position but um yeah so but it is what it is and yeah glad that she's here now and yeah it it seems like a lifetime ago but it was only nine months ago yeah oh yeah that's it really um yeah thank you so much for for sharing the story with me I think it's a really important one to share actually because when people think about positive birth they think they do think about you know that home water birth drug-free water birth and actually I think I don't think it's helpful to only represent those births I think it's important to represent and to show that you can have positive birth you know with induction or with c-section or even instrumental birth and still have a really positive experience so I really appreciate you sharing your birth story because I think it will be really really helpful for other people to hear yeah Um, that's why I wanted to say it really just to let people know that it can still be positive so yeah keep letting me chat and I feel like I rambled a little bit no not at all across <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to find you online um or they want to do some courses with you um in the local area what where, where can they find you i'm called little robin's hypnobirthing which is robin's as in the bird so little robin's hypnobirthing i'm on instagram facebook and i've also got a lovely new website as well so take yeah. a look and feel free to message me yeah amazing thank you so much lottie thank you take care take bye. care bye